Hello, 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 and welcome to the Sober Butterfly Podcast, the podcast that explores personal growth, travel adventures, and the pursuit of a fulfilling life. My name is Nidhi Movina, and in this week's solo episode of TSB, I want to open up about some personal stuff in relation to the law of attraction. And of course, I'm going to connect it to my sobriety and to sobriety as a whole for you listening at home. If you're sober or considering sobriety, the law of attraction works well with this. But before we dive into that, let me just do a quick life check-in. I feel like so many momentous things have happened and I haven't quite kept you up to date on the podcast. So I'm going to spend the first part of this episode just going into what's new this year in 23 because a lot has happened. All right. So I'll start more recently. Came back from sunny Orlando, Florida yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. Wow. Um, for the weekend, I went down there to also witness a momentous affair. It was one of my best friend's graduation from law school. And it was so remarkable to see her transform into this amazing lawyer. And just through the growing pains of being a law student, Orlando was so much fun. And I could honestly do an entire episode devoted to what it was like to celebrate someone's graduation from law school, especially amongst my friend circle, um, because I ran into a lot of people. I was hanging with a lot of people that I actually went to college with. I graduated from Florida A&M or the illustrious Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University coming up to 10 years ago, which is making me feel old. Anyway, 10 years ago, I graduated from FAMU and I still bleed orange and green. That is to say that, you know, going to my historically black college really had a lasting impact on my overall future, not just, you know, who I was back then, but shaping the trajectory of my life. I won't go into detail here and now about what it was like going to my college. If you want to get a little bit more insight about what it was like for me in college, go to the very first episode of this podcast, season one, episode one, From the Hill with respective FAMU alum, Faith Grant. She and I sit down and talk in detail more about what it was like to party, party, party hard <laughs> in college at FAMU on the Hill. Anyway, um, so I partied a lot in undergrad and this definitely, you know, shaped the way others perceived me, definitely shaped the way I viewed myself and breaking out of that mold of being a party girl into the woman that I am today, the sober woman I am today. So it was interesting. I had some mixed emotions going into the weekend because I knew I was going to be around a lot of the people I went to school with and I was afraid I would regress back to my former self feeling pressure. You know, I didn't quite feel like my my sobriety was going to be in jeopardy, but I definitely felt like there may be some trigger points. I'm proud to say I had zero desire to drink. <laughs> I had zero desire to drink. And I'm walking away from that weekend super proud of myself. Not only did I, you know, get to show up for my friend who's graduating and all my other friends in new ways. For example, I was asked to be DD for the first time ever. I was asked to be DD and I was actually sober and, you know, not designated drunk driver, actual like, girl, you're sober, you drive. And I was so happy to take on that role. You know, I've heard people joke and jest, or maybe they're not joking online, on social, 
just about like, oh, I hate when my friends ask me BDD. But for me, it was it was an honor. I felt really happy to be able to help in ways, you know, that showcased my sobriety and also just showcased, you know, the the growth. I, I made a joke. I was like, when has anyone ever asked me me of all people to be DD in this group of friends? So yeah, um, that's just a little snippet of something that I felt good about. But um, what I really appreciated about this weekend is that I did not compromise all of the work, all of the personal growth and development that I've accomplished over the course of about two years. Overall, a huge success. And once again, I'm so proud of you, Ari, for following your dreams and following through on the plan. Okay. So aside from that, I got to see my mom this weekend, which was really fitting considering it was Mother's Day. And here's the thing. I don't really talk too much. I don't think I have, at least on this platform, about my mother's sobriety. And I think that's because out of respect for my mother, I I don't want to go too in detail here, but I want my mom to feel like she can share her story on her own terms when she's ready. But my mom is sober and has been sober for a little over a year, which is actually a great segue for this week's episode or this week's topic around the law of attraction, because I spent a huge portion of my mainly adult life trying to convince my mom to get sober. And in reality, I should have been looking in the mirror, right? It's like, I can't help but think about the serenity prayer. I cannot help. It just resounds in my head when I think about this particular situation. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. I cannot change anyone but myself, right? Um, and the courage to change the things I can, which was for me was, okay, finally working up enough courage and honesty and, and truth around my own relationship with alcohol and then doing something about it. And then here's the integral piece, <laughs> the wisdom to know the difference. I can be a bit of a control freak. And I realize that sometimes you just have to model the behavior that you wish to see in others in yourself. And that's exactly what I did. And the law of attraction played a big role in that. Before we get too in depth here, let's just talk about what the law of attraction is so that we can have common shared language. So the law of attraction, the way in, in which I want to define it here, at least, is a universal, it's a universal spiritual principle. And it's basically stating that you, you will attract into your life what you focus on. You know, simply put, like attracts like. Positive thinking can lead to a positive reality. I used to think that the law of attraction was a bit woo-woo. You know, it is a spiritual principle, as stated. Um, but I know the law of attraction is real because I've seen it really work in my own life. I talked a little bit before about like this idea of control and citing the serenity prayer. And when I surrendered, I actually gained control. So when I stopped trying to dictate you know, what was happening around me and just focus on what I could within myself. I saw other things start moving in the universe. Um, I saw myself attracting like-minded people. I have spoken very candidly on this platform about how I didn't really know anyone before I got sober who was also sober. And now I have a whole network 
out here. You know, I have friends in various cities around the world who are sober that I can call on any given day, any given time to show up, you know, like that is unthinkable to me because a couple years ago, I could name one person in my age group that was sober. And to be quite frank, they weren't the type of person I wanted to hang around. So that for one is just an example of how the law of attraction and my sobriety has shifted the way in which my world is made. That I've created the reality that I've sought for myself. And the thing is, I wasn't very intentional about it in the beginning. I think what really helped me was thinking about like the law of gravity. We know the law of gravity is always in effect. We may not see it, but we know that it's impacting our life in more ways than we can even imagine. And so when I started to think about the law of attraction in the same way as the law of gravity, things started to shift for me and it started to make a little bit more sense. And the thing about manifestation, which is something that I'm still working on. And now a quick word from our partners. It really feels like you're having a moment, pun intended, when you're sipping on the lovely and refreshing moment. Now, what I love about moment is that not only does it taste delicious, I have my favorite flavors. I love the blood orange. I love the spicy mango. But it's also good for you, which is exactly what I need in my life right now as I'm in my early 30s. It's infused with L-theanine, which is great for mental clarity. It also is packed with ashwagandha, which is great for helping to fight stress. It's made with all of these natural botanicals, which really enhances your vitality. It does not contain any added sugar. It's caffeine and, of course, alcohol-free. And you can purchase it in still or sparkling. I love a good sparkle moment, so that's typically the route I take. In the morning, it's great for a boost to start the day. Versus in the afternoon, if you want to beat that afternoon slump and enhance your mental clarity, or if you just need like a simple pick-me-up. Like for me, I love to have a moment after the gym versus going into the gym because it just really helps re-energize me. And then in the evening, if you want to wind down after a long, busy day and enjoy a delicious mocktail without the hangover, then Moment is great for that too. One of the best parts for me with Moment is that I feel like it's a really conscientious brand. They donate 1% of all their sales to mental health nonprofits, so you can feel good about supporting greater causes as well. Head over to drinkmoment.com and use my code TSB23 to receive 12% off your very first order. Let's be moment buddies. <laughs> we can both have moments together. Every moment of the day, you're creating your reality. Every thought that enters into your mind whether it's consciously you like positive self-talking or you subconsciously self-sabotaging, no matter what you're creating your future. And when you know or learn how to harness the power of the law of attraction in your life, you can direct, you can actually direct your thoughts and actions in a way that allows you to effortlessly attract what you want. So like I said, I stumbled upon the law of attraction on accident. I wasn't trying to manifest. I wasn't trying to harness the law of the attraction, the law of attraction to achieve success. I just started to change and tweak little behaviors, especially my thinking. I think it's important to know that the universe, it, it could care less about the kind of energy or energetic vibrations that you're sending it. It doesn't care if it's positive or if it's negative it's simply in response to what you're offering. What ways has the law of attraction affected my life, especially in relation to sobriety? You may be wondering, and I have an answer for you. In 
all aspects of my life. One of the most important relationships of my life outside of myself has been the relationship to my mother. And I think a lot of people can connect to that. And there were a lot of things that I was trying to, once again, control with my mother's behavior, namely her drinking. I realized in getting sober that I had to let it go. I couldn't concern myself. That The concern I had was impacting me, was causing me stress that was then driving my decision to drink. Here I am pointing the finger also at, you know, someone else's drinking and the old adage goes, you know, point one finger, three points back at you. That's exactly what was happening. I'm over here like you, 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 you need to change. You need to fix yourself. You need to whatever. And the whole time, like I'm echoing, mimicking a lot of the behaviors that she had, but like excusing it because of my age, right? I have a past because I'm in my twenties at the time. I have a past because, you know, I don't drink to the extent alone at home. I go out and I'm social and I have a good time, blah, 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 right? Um, the reality is all I need to do was focus on myself. All I need to do was fix myself. And through doing that work on myself, everything shifted and people start to see that when you really do the work, you don't have to, you know, tell other people to do the work. They can look at you and know that something's different. And then they'll come to you if they want the help. <laughs> you know, you can't help someone who doesn't want to be helped. We know this. So I started to do the work. It started to show and pay off. And what my mother saw, really saw the transformation that I underwent, she decided to go on the journey herself. I'm not saying that that's common. I'm not saying that you can expect the same if you love someone who's also struggling with alcohol and just by modeling, they will follow suit. That is not what I'm saying, to be clear. But what I am saying is a miracle happened. I was told to expect miracles. Speaking of miracles, I have a boyfriend. That's not the miracle. <laughs> That's not the miracle. I am a beautiful young woman. <laughs> Like that shouldn't be the miracle. No, I, I mean, like it feels miraculous that I have a boyfriend who is everything I've ever wanted. But beyond that, he says, prepare thyself for a miracle. He often says that. And so I thought about that even when I was preparing my notes for today's episode. I'm like, yeah, miracles occur with the law of attraction. And so I say that not to give people false hope. I say that because it's a reality that I experienced. Why limit the possibility of a miracle occurring? What's the worst that's going to happen if you believe in something that might be considered far-fetched or out there? Um, okay, so if you guys have been following the show, I've mentioned several times about how I took a I, I took a, a year hiatus from dating. Okay, like did not date a single person. Was very much like, you know what? I'm going to do me... I went to therapy because of a guy. I'm going to just do the work outside of the distraction of having a man. Now in the sober community, in, you know, certain circles like AA, like they preach about, you know, not dating for the sake of your recovery and not risking that. That's not quite why I did it. I did have some people from that same circle advise the same thing, but like, that's not why I was sober. Honestly, my therapist said, girl, take a break. And so that's what I did. <laughs> I took a break. And um, I'm glad, I'm really glad I did. But at the very start of this 
year, so season two of the, the podcast, I was talking about how I wanted a boyfriend. I was very clear about that. I said, I want a boyfriend and it would be great if he was also sober. And let me tell you, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> be careful what you wish for because I got just that. I got myself a sober boyfriend. He is exactly what I asked for, what I prayed for, what I hoped for, even the sobriety piece. But it's not just the sober piece that connects us. And when I first started therapy, I had this homework assignment where I was supposed to complete like this exercise of writing down a list of qualities that I wanted in a future spouse. But I, so I wrote this really exhaustive list. <laughs> I'm long winded, even on paper. Basically, I think it was like a hundred something, um, adjectives and I can't find the, the journal. I think because I was in Mexico at the time. I can't find the journal. If I ever come across it, I will revisit. But there were a lot of things because when I went back the following week to share the list with my therapist, she was like, okay, I need you to narrow that down. <laughs> I need you to narrow that down to like 10 things. And so I was like, okay, okay. I went back I the following week and she was like, okay, good. You got it down to 10. Now pick five. And I was like, five. And so I had to be really, really um, thoughtful about what I was looking for, the qualities, the key things I needed in a future spouse. And even though I um, can't find that list, I remember. I remember the five things because I recited it over and over again, like almost like a mantra. I'm not going to go into ways in which you can manifest the law of attraction. And that's not because I don't believe in it. It's just that I don't have enough experience and I'm not going to pretend that I can lead anyone with their manifestation goals or dreams. But I do encourage you to start putting in the work to get your life right. And remember that if you are looking to harness the power of the universe to work in your life, then your thoughts determine your reality. And if you want to change your life, you have to start by changing your thoughts. If you cultivate an attitude of gratitude and train yourself to focus on what's good in life, you will actually find that your life is filled with more positive people and experiences. I also want to encourage people to remember to dream big. Dream big. What's the harm? Okay. Like there's no harm in wanting the best and the biggest for yourself and if you want the universe to, to deliver these big results, then you have to have big dreams and use positive affirmations. That's what I did when I wrote the list of what I was looking for in my future mate. And the best way to do that is to keep those thoughts or those actions and those energies focused on the highest goals that you want to use the positive affirmations for. You know, you can also visualize um, by creating a vision board. I love vision boards. I still do them. I want to do a vision board party soon with some girlfriends because I feel like it's always a fun way to, you know, tap in and clarify your vision for your life and then keep those goals at the very top of your mind so that you're effortlessly attracting, even if you don't realize you're doing it. Um, that is also great. So I will wrap this episode by just saying that magnetism, manifestation, action, is all connected to what you are doing and remind people that you cannot control anyone else. Okay. That's like the prevailing theme of this week's episode. If you want to see change, change yourself. <laughs> okay. Thank you guys so much. Next week, you're in store for a huge treat. I'm interviewing Jessica Duenas. She has an amazing story 
Um, so you do not want to miss next week's episode. Found Jessica's story on Instagram. And then I reached out. I don't always do that, like, especially when I don't know anyone or have a personal connection to them. But when I heard her story, I was like, uh, I slid immediately into her DMs. And I cannot wait for you guys to hear that episode next week, Tuesday. Okay, love you so much. As per usual, I'll see you next Tuesday. Please, if it's in your heart, leave a five-star review. That would be great. Always helps the show grow. All right, love you guys. Bye.